Welcome back, galactic travelers on this spaceship we call Earth, and welcome to another episode of the Off the Dome podcast. I am your host, Matt Z, and on today's episode, I have one of the most loving, interesting, compassionate individuals to come on to this podcast. He ran for mayor of Edmonton in 2021. No. 2021. That's the proper way to say it. So he ran in 2021 and he also ran back in the 90s as well too, but we do dive into that. You've probably seen this guy on the side of the road jamming away with his guitar with a big Canadian flag behind him. But please everybody, put your hands together for another episode with the magnificent and awe-inspiring Mr. Brian Breezy Gregg. Check it out. Escape reality with Matt Z. Well, Dak, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellent. Three, two, one, and we are live. Welcome, Mr. Brian Breezy Gregg, the 2021 mayoral candidate for Edmonton. And I think it goes without question, the most interesting candidate, I think that's for sure, of them all. And first and foremost, I do want to say thank you for taking the time to come on Off the Dome and talk with me and kind of learn each other's perspectives on everything. I, I really do appreciate this. Well, thank you, Matt. I, you're quite welcome. It's uh, a pleasure to be here. I, it's been like one of my goals uh, to try to connect with uh, the young people in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're the future. I'm the past. And uh <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, it's it's really nice to be here. Thank you. No, absolutely. And like I said, I appreciate you so much for coming on. It's it's going to be a lot of fun, I feel like. Um, so just to dive kind of right into it, just so I can start to understand who you are. Um, can you tell us basically what led to you being where you are in life right now, running for mayor? What was the, what was the push behind that? Well, the, uh, it's been uh, like a... Part, part of my life is to always be uh, watching what's going on and paying attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've lived here in the city all my life. And uh, I, I'm not too happy about uh, some of the things, the, the way things are going in our city. And uh, so I decided when uh, Don Iverson wasn't going to run again, that I was going to step in and, and uh, take this opportunity to speak up for the things that, that I think are important. Do you think you, in the grand scheme of things, do you, would you deem your, uh, like, didn't win, sadly, but do you think that your campaign was a success? Uh, yes and no. Like, mm-hmm. it, uh, for me, it was personally excess, a success in many ways, like, in the insights that I got into the, how the city is run and, mm-hmm. and what the people in my city think, because I talked to so many people, I got so many... Uh, like questionnaires from uh, lobby groups, so understands I understand where that's coming from, and I also got to get to know the other candidates because I think there must have been at least ten forums. If only a couple of them were in person, but uh, mm-hmm. Zoom forums like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a lot, a lot of uh, gains in it for me, and now I'm busy writing a report that I want to put out. 
uh, saying, you know, what uh, I thought happened and what I learned from it and, mm-hmm. and uh, where I think we should be going moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't mind me asking, what, uh, what kind of ideas are you going to be putting down on this report if, you've, if you're allowed to talk about it or want to discuss it before you release it? Oh, sure. Uh, well, since it's my report, I can do whatever I want. To <laughs> exactly. Around, Love it. Yeah. Uh, um, well, at, at the end of the report, I'm just going to have a log of, of uh, I've already got that log made up of like, mm-hmm. all, the, all the interest groups that contacted me and when all the media that contacted me and uh, uh, it's just sort of a summary of, of everything that, that uh, the demands that were put on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, then uh, I'm also going to uh, make a comment that uh, I wasn't expecting to go the way it did. I thought there would be more of an opportunity to debate issues. Mm-hmm. And there really wasn't much debate of the issues. Like pretty well the public conversation uh in Edmonton uh, during the campaign, which started January 1st, mm-hmm. campaign really, I, I mean, the, the, the media attention was on COVID and then, uh, uh, you know, a lot on the American politics. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the federal election came along. And so all of these things just sucked up all the, 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 the big media's attention. Mm-hmm. And there was very little discussion about uh, our civic issues. And and pretty well the the whole conversation boiled down to Nicola is bad, so to avoid that vote, so he. So he, yeah. Which yeah. I think I feel like you you find that in a lot of politics nowadays. I'll vote for this person because that person scares me, and this person seems to be the biggest threat to the other person. So I feel like that happens a lot in politics. Even with the the federal election that happened, a lot of people that I talked to said, "Well, I don't necessarily align with this political or this." this um, party's beliefs but i want to get trudeau out so i would vote for them and i feel like that's a big flaw in our system don't you agree i think yeah it's yeah it's it's um it's something that we have to be aware of uh uh if we want to have better government like we have to really do whatever we can to engage people in talking about the issues to try to try to make it interesting Mm -hmm. like uh like is there a climate emergency? And if there is, like, how come we're not talking about it and how we're going to deal with it? Mm-hmm. And things like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to make that interesting for people. There's so much, uh, so many interesting things and, and uh, things to grab our attention. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I kind of want to go back to your report. Um, when you had said they were asking, quote unquote, like unrealistic demands of you, um, what were some of these demands that they were asking of you to do? Oh, um, I, I, well, I don't know if they were unrealistic, but, mm-hmm. it, uh, um, it's just like very demanding to have, have so many like, like Google form questionnaires or monkeys, what do you call it? Survey monkey questionnaires. Thrown yeah. At yeah. By every lobby group. And they have like, 10, 20 questions that they want you to answer. Mm-hmm. And if if they uh, had taken the time to look at, at my website, the answers were there, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely, so yeah. Kind of like they're asking me to do their work. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And the work I've made an explanation. And so it's just, 
they're using a robot to to send out this message to to 11 people mm -hmm. and, and and i don't have a robot to answer it mm -hmm. well, i do i had my website but they weren't considering it mm -hmm. and to kind of go with more of with your report did you feel you were disproportionately represented by the media or do you think all the mayoral candidates were then the whole mayoral election itself was uh disrepresentative by the media and just kind of got washed away or do you feel like it was just you yourself Oh, it definitely wasn't me myself. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, very little was was covered about the uh, about the mayoral race mm -hmm. at all. Yeah, and and then then there was there were several forums where the, uh, they and I know this is sort of standard procedure when you have like a lot of candidates that you check a poll and you just get the top the top candidates to come to debates or forums and exclude mm -hmm. everyone else. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I didn't. I wasn't happy with being excluded, but I understood. Okay, that's the way some people view it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but on the other hand, there were certain organizations that did uh, g give us all a voice, which I really appreciated. Definitely. Uh, uh, but uh, I, I don't think there was any, any like conscious thing to try to exclude me. Although, mm -hmm. uh, I did feel like like my first, the first. Uh, um, uh, approach I got from the from the big media was Ched Radio in February, like I've no, it, it, it got me on the first of March to be on the radio show. Okay, yeah. radio show. And uh, like, you know, as well as I do, Ched uh, talk radio is pretty right wing. Mm -hmm. And I am not. Uh, yeah. So uh, I thought this was was going to be fun, because I, I like debating things. Yeah. And uh, I I felt that the, the the interviewer was setting up to make me look like an idiot, mm -hmm. and so, uh, um, I kind of cut him off at the passes because, you know, he's he mentioned the 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 main things on my platform, you know, like a, getting big money out of politics, free mm -hmm. transit, free Wi-Fi, and uh, and he said, you know, I knew he was going to say, oh, how are you going to pay for all of these things? Mm -hmm. So before he had a chance to uh, to say that, I said, I said, now I said, you know, your listeners out there in Shed Radio Land are are going to be wondering how I'm going to pay for all of this. Yeah. And I said, I have to be honest. I said, I think that we have to raise taxes, and and uh, so we can have better services. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I came I came out right out and before he could ask me the question, I answered it for him. So, I felt like, at um, I, I went across like really uh, people who were listening to the to the broadcast said I came across really well mm -hmm. uh, and uh, to the audience and I also sort of knew the kind of audience I was talking to <clears throat> and yep. then at the end of the show I I charmed them by asking them that I said uh, I said well you know when I was, I, I also said, you know, when I was young, I used to listen to Ched Radio all the time. It was a big music station back then. Yeah. I said, and it isn't now. But I was wondering, is it okay still to do music on the on the show? And he said, well, I guess so, sure. I said, well, I'd like to just give you the chorus uh, to my theme song for for this yeah. this race for mayor. And I said, I went, they're rolling their eyes in their minds. Listen to the banjos. They're rolling their eyes in their minds. I can feel it in my guts. I know they think I'm nuts. They're rolling their eyes in their minds. 
And the people out in Chetland are rolling their eyes in their <laughs> awesome minds. Love that. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. Well, it's good that you at least ended it on a uh, positive note with them. But I think it's smart yeah. of you also to know your audience as well, too, and you to bring up those issues yeah. right up before they can ask you in a weird way. Because I know even for myself, you're watching politics and or sports for example and these media reporters are trying to word their questions to get the wrong answer out of a player and trick them into saying something that they don't really believe and i think that's wrong so that was smart of you to get ahead of the curve there so i applaud you for that um and big big question thing big question thing here though but what do you think is a main source of edmonton's problems uh, with regards to politics and everything going on in the city Oh, well, I think that uh, it's, it's the involvement of big money in our politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, um, j- Just the, the whole election process at all, at all levels, like it's based on money. Mm-hmm. Like, like the candidates go out and they raise funds and poor people don't give them that money. Mm-hmm. They don't, I mean, they, you know, so, <laughs> exactly, who they, yeah. so who are they representing? Right? Yeah, the you companies. Know, and... and uh, uh, in our civic politics, uh, the the rules changed in in uh, twenty fifteen. Notley changed the rules, but before that, uh, business uh, like corporations and and uh, unions could donate to candidates. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you look back, like uh, the disclosures, you can go to Edmonton elections and look back, and you see, oh yeah, all these candidates, all uh, uh, they were they were funded by big developers and big construction companies. Mm-hmm. So. So what do we have? Like a lot of roads and, you know, like we have, we have four times as many roads as Montreal. Wow. Per capita. And probably about 20 times the amount of potholes as well, too. Well, yeah. More roads, more potholes, right? Exactly. But, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I love uh, uh, driving. I've, I've, I've had the luxury of having a, a, a key to a car in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Like for since I was seventeen, awesome. Was one brief period of a, I think I, of a year when mm-hmm. I didn't have a vehicle, but I mean that's a luxury to be able to like just get up and zoom miles away. Definitely, yeah. Want. Definitely, yeah. I agree with that as well too. I think a lot of people in today's Western society are very privileged and unaware of their privilege. You know, you look at countries in the Middle East that have been caught up in war for how many years now and to them it's like those luxuries don't even exist and i think it's something that we forget as a society that's for sure yeah anyway i was going to mention about uh, about my chat interview is that they never asked me back oh really and, and uh closer to the election or anything and so uh i just wonder if that was because they saw that uh that i was only going to advantage my my own agenda if mm. they had me on yeah, so and they didn't the want point, that. Right? Mm-hmm, but definitely. they did. They did reach out to me several times to buy advertising from them. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting how it works sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I guess like politics is always about the negatives. So I'm going to ask you, what do you think is right in Edmonton right now with regards to the politics? What do you think they're doing right? Well, I think that that some of the plans that Iverson brought in, like he was big on bringing him plans and but not having getting too much done mm-hmm. but some of the plans are great like the plan for having building 15 minute neighborhoods 
I think is really, really a good idea. Uh, just it's better economics. It's better mm -hmm. for the environment. What are these 15 minute neighborhoods? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, I I've not heard this. of this before. Okay, I love this idea. <laughs> yeah. This is to build your neighborhood so that in 15 minutes you can walk to all your services that you need. Oh, okay. So, so you have everything yeah. in your own neighborhood. And, and I, I extend this to social services too. Like my, I, I talked about this a bit uh, during the race is that I want us to have, uh, there's 153 communities in the city. I want to build 153 community hubs, social service hubs mm -hmm. that, that have four things. They have, uh, a little emergency shelter, uh, maybe only 10 beds or something. Mm -hmm. That's all you might need to, yep. uh, if you have 153 of them, right? Yep. And and have those shelters so they can accommodate families as well as just single people so that a mom uh, with some kids can, can have a shelter when she needs. But mm -hmm. th these shelters would be like temporary emergency shelters as soon as they'd be staffed with at least two people, 247. Mm -hmm. And as soon as somebody was there, the, the staff would be working with them to find them uh, better housing like some affordable housing so that they could be transitioned out of there within a week. Okay. So yeah. It's an emergency facility, right? Mm -hmm. I, yeah. One of uh, four things at this hub, the other, other three things would be, there would be like a soup kitchen food bank, mm -hmm. not run by a charity, but you know, public service Yeah. Uh, where people could get food two, four, seven. Mm -hmm. And then um, the, the third thing would be to have a clinic with a doctor and a nurse 247 where people could could get uh, basic medical care mm -hmm. and also uh, where we could have uh, like safe supply uh, for, for addicts mm -hmm. and, and and also uh, like counseling and things like that for them. So that'd mm -hmm. be the, that would be the third thing, the medical aspect, like a medical services. And then the fourth thing would be uh, a branch of the library which would be the educational link. And there would be like the same thing, 247 computer yep. terminals, two librarians there to help people who didn't know how to use the computers. Mm -hmm. uh, so people could go there and access uh, uh, at the education system through, through the public library. So I want to build like 153 of these in the city so that everybody can just walk to get those services. It would, it would take away the, the need for having a basic income. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, the, I, I argue for having basic services as opposed to basic income because uh, when you have uh, a basic income, uh, the the uh, the person gets a check and then a bunch of predators come and try to take that money away from them. Mm -hmm. it, it, all kinds of predators. It can be like criminals with drugs or, or, or sex. It could mm -hmm. be... Uh, uh, people saying trick trinkets and services and yeah. what you know what I mean, but they uh, gambling all these yeah. things. But where if you give someone a meal, no one no one can take that away from them. Mm -hmm. Exactly, uh, yeah. And if they give them somebody a good night's sleep, mm -hmm. no one can take that away from them. Absolutely. You you, you give them uh, uh, some good medicine, no one can take that away from them. Mm -hmm. and, and you give them a good book to read, they read it, no one can take it away from them. So. Uh, I don't, that, that's, that's my, uh, like add on to the 15 minute neighborhood. That's, but yeah. that's a good thing that the city has in this plan is to try to, to change. And this will help us to travel less. And this mm -hmm. is another part of, of what I talk about is like, 
traveling less means burning less mm-hmm. and and burning less is is the uh, is the solution to the the climate emergency mm-hmm. definitely i love that idea i've never heard of that because i've always heard about people talking about universal basic income and i've toyed with the idea of i support it or not and i'm still not too sure because i feel like if you do give people universal income it'll benefit some people but then there are also people who will take that and create no ambition in their life and just take that money and spend it on either drugs or not creating a healthy environment for themselves but i do like the idea of universal services because then all your basic needs are met and that's a that's a very smart idea now was that you you said that's an addition to don iverson's initial 15 minute plan or 15 minute neighborhood yeah, i don't think in his 15 minute plan he he was specifying uh building these these uh service hubs mm-hmm. he, service hubs. he was just and talking about grocery stores etc yeah, and stuff like yeah. that okay yeah commercial think commercial services mm-hmm. and and things like that i think like right now i think we have like 23 uh, uh public library branches mm-hmm. so so it's still as you like you some people have to go pretty far to get to the library definitely i know you from my location i'm not even too sure where the nearest library actually is uh, it's probably downtown somewhere though um but what is your uh, perspective on homelessness and how to fix the homeless problem as well too since we're talking about social services do you think that they're doing a good job right now inadequate job how do you feel about it oh they're doing a terrible job terrible. right now mm-hmm. and uh it's uh it's not just the city's fault uh, uh, because uh, it's a funding issue. Like uh, mm-hmm. the city has to get funding from the province and from, and from the federal government mm-hmm. to, to, to properly cope with, with the housing problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I mean, if they were doing a good job, there wouldn't be any people on, on the streets or very few. Yeah. And I, I think with something like 2000 or something people in the city right now, they're without, without, uh, proper shelter mm-hmm. uh so uh it's it's the same they they have a good plan but they don't have they don't have the money and i think that this this is one of the things that i wanted to hope i hope to debate uh is that there's kind of two models for for providing social services there's a charity model where you rely on private charities to to uh amass donations and and then uh, look after the problems right Mm -hmm. and then the other is to have public social social services where you use tax revenue to to pay for providing the services so the the charity model has a big flaw in it and in that only compassionate people donate to uh charity so that that leaves all the non-compassionate people and unfortunately there's there are some non-compassionate people Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, there's a lot of them uh, out there uh, they they get a free ride like they don't contribute at all to taking care of of um, the pe- people who can't take care of themselves mm-hmm. and that's what a part, part of what society is about is that we're going to take care of the children and the old people and the sick people and disabled people as well as the businesses mm-hmm. so uh uh and fr- frankly with the businesses i feel like businesses for grown-ups and that businesses uh, can take care of themselves and others, mm-hmm. uh, they like they're, they're powerful things. They don't really need to be babied, and mm-hmm. and and uh, any businesses that that think they need to be babied, maybe they should think again about their business plan because 
it really, I, I really do think it is for grown-ups. It's not for. Yeah. Uh, no, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, to kind of switch gears, and I want to ask you about the uh, free transit as well, too. That's an idea. As a student, I feel like that's something that would benefit me, not having to pay for those U passes. Um, what's your, what was your plan around uh, offering free transit for Edmontonians? Okay, well, uh, initially, uh, um, I, I, was, I was talking about free transit. Uh, it's like it's a good idea because it, uh, it's going to make uh, get more people travel uh, traveling on public transit, so we'll burn less. Mm-hmm. Like I'm always on to burn less. My my climate emergency plan is burn less. Yeah. And anything that can make more less burning is good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love so, it. So that's that's what that's initially what the the reason behind having mass transit was to, for a burn less solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, when I first started talking about it. Uh, several transit workers had contacted me and said, "Hey, Breezy, like uh, we we tried free transit during the first part of the pandemic. It was a disaster. Like all these homeless people piled onto the buses. Yeah, and, and uh, they uh, they it was just a mess. And mm-hmm. uh, and so I I put a caveat on saying like that first of all, before we can move to free transit, we have to get a handle on the homeless problem mm-hmm. because if people had a better place to go." Uh, for shelter, they wouldn't be going to a bus for shelter. Mm-hmm. So that's critical that that we do that. But then, as as the thing moved along, I I was thinking, uh, you know, because of the pandemic, we see that people can work from home. So there's less of a need to have as much transit as we had before. Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, when I go out on the street. Uh, doing my street shows, like I was doing a street show every day. Yeah. And I, I'd see the buses going by and there hardly anybody on them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a couple of times I went into the LRT. I, I wasn't comfortable there because it's, it's going indoors. I don't like to go indoors until these waves are over. Mm-hmm. But same thing, like nobody's riding on the LRT. Mm-hmm. Like, like you see all these trains with like three people, you know, mm-hmm. a great big huge train, three people, right? Like the, the transit system that we have is it's not flexible to adapt to to a situation like this. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know, what are we doing? So then I think, okay, well, really the way transit's going to go in the next twenty years, it's going to become like autonomous vehicles uh, that that are that are navigated by AI. Like mm-hmm. we're not going to have people driving cars anymore. Yeah, and it's going to be super efficient because. You know when you get in your car now and you 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 tell your phone where you want to go and your phone tells you oh go 500 meters turn here mm-hmm. well, well it's going to the phone's going to be telling the robot that's driving your car that yeah definitely but not only that it's going to be tell, telling your car hey the first green light that we got to go to is is going to be green at this time so this just speed up only this much and then you'll get there when the light's green mm-hmm. and, yeah and 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 so we won't have traffic lights anymore. We won't have like controlling mm-hmm. traffic by people looking at colored lights. And it'll all be like when you get in and say where you want to go, your, your whole route will be planned before you even leave and mm-hmm. you, where you're going to accelerate and decelerate. So that you barely have to ever put on the brakes because mm-hmm. every time we put on the brakes, we waste energy. Yeah. And it's, it's like you stop, start, stop, start. You think like you drive across town. How many times do you stop and start? Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, and I really got this feeling about how much we're burning 
like when I did my concerts, like I go about by West Edmonton Mall, 170th Street and 87th Avenue, like there's eight lanes going one way and six going the other, mm-hmm. and turning lanes, a lot of cars. And yeah. the light changes, and mm-hmm. this cloud of exhaust comes at me, you know. Yeah. It's like, whoa, wow, like, where are all these people going? And what are they doing? Like, you know, it, it's like, this is a lot of burning going on. And it's not just our city. It's like cities all over the planet. This yeah. is going on. It's like, so that's my thing on, 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 on free public transit is I think that, that we should be planning on having an autonomous system, you know, and, and moving to it. We should be a, a, like a leader in the world and mm-hmm. building that kind of a transportation system. Where, you know, once you're in our city, you should be able to travel anywhere in our city for free. Mm-hmm. If you don't have your own pod, autonomous vehicle pod, you can just summon a public pod mm-hmm. to come and get you and take you where you go. Just like the scooters now, like everybody has a scooters and, and, you yeah. know, and just, just leave it where you where you end up, except that, that autonomous vehicles can drive themselves back to a, a charger or whatever, you know, like yeah. you know, they need to. But yeah. Uh, that's my idea now for 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 free public system is is autonomous vehicles and you can just imagine like where, where there's heavy traffic freeways and things like that that the vehicles will will bunch up into a bundle mm-hmm. just like a just like a bundle of of, of data on on the internet you know? mm-hmm. just have this bundle that will go through the intersection when the light is theoretically green yeah and then, then it'll there be a pause, and then there'll be a bundle coming the other way through, and and every every car will, will be just timing to join up to whatever bundle it needs to, just with a tiny acceleration, tiny deceleration. Yeah, I actually love that. So like, you're thinking very very long term, which I actually love, and I feel like a lot of candidates, regardless if they're going for mayor or federal or whatever it is, a lot of them are only thinking about four years. Like, what can I accomplish in four years? make a name for myself so that I can maybe get another four years and at the end of the day I'm not too sure of a way to work around that because then if you give somebody 10 years then they could take the abuse out of that and if they do it for one year only then you know there's too much turnover rate but I love that your vision of the city is 20 years down the road and especially with um, autonomous vehicles because you see like people like Elon Musk working on that with Tesla on highways they have their cars that are able to drive and I think it's it's a cool idea. I love it about how cars will be able to take us from point A to point B and we only have to be in the driver's seat, we'll sit in the back and read the newspaper or do something like that. And on top of it being able to reduce emissions, I think we could almost completely eliminate car accidents as well too, bearing exactly. a few circumstances. But yeah, that's another positive as well too to that. Do you know how much money we spend like on spinal cord? <laughs> Uh, surgery and everything from car accidents and, and, and how many people died like more people died Ridiculous. than in the wars yeah. and, and we just oh that's just the way it is you know mm-hmm. when cars grow on trees it's part of nature uh, yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean the, the government has invested a lot of money and resources into giving us the ability to drive from point A to point B and like that's another area that people forget about the cost is the medical industry like how much of those costs are associated with car accidents besides the um, the cost of trying to maintain these roads, create these roads, enforce yeah. the roads with police and everything. So I 
I love the long-term vision that you definitely have about the transportation system in Edmonton. And I also love too, how you have addressed the situation of um, essentially the ETS buses and the LRT lines not being very safe for people. Cause I know a lot of people who go to the university, perfect opportunity to take the LRT. It goes right underneath. And a lot of students don't take the LRT because they don't feel safe taking it. And I feel like by you saying that, hey, this is a problem that we need to address before we start expanding the transit, it's very important perspective to have on it. Yeah, I even think now that, uh, um, you know, due to to the pandemic, it's also just not safe to to share spaces Mm -hmm. uh, with uh, where we share pathogens from our respiratory systems. Mm -hmm. But... uh, now, now I'm thinking about the you know the LRT line that they're they're planning from uh, uh, from downtown to West Edmonton Mall. Mm-hmm. I I think it would be smart to like put that on hold indefinitely. Definitely. And instead of building a railway there, uh, uh, build a like a a, a non powered transportation freeway where where you would have like like they've got all the real estate. Bought up and secured and everything to put that line through. The, mm-hmm. the real estate's there, so instead of building a railway, I want them to build like uh, a jogging track, a cross country skiing track, you know, lanes for, for, for cross country skiing. Yeah, biking, uh, biking, mm-hmm. and anything that's unpowered, right? Mm-hmm. I, like it, a I, scooter I, lane I, as well, too. Even why not? No, I wouldn't put a scooter lane in. No scooters. Because <laughs> they're powered, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anything is unpowered. And and I would I would put in an ice lane. Like, I, I would actually build a, a nice track, like maybe uh, like like four four or five meters wide mm-hmm. with, with ice machines built in so that in the yep. wintertime, like, you could guarantee you would have ice from, uh, uh, like, end of October till the end of March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, because like with climate change coming here, I think sometimes you might have too warm of weather to keep keep ice net there naturally. Mm-hmm. But it, but you it wouldn't cost that much to put in. It'd just be like a long skating rink, mm-hmm. and and then in the summertime, you know that could be like extra bike lanes or or, or, or whatever you know. But this, this is my idea to build this freeway with you know jogging, cross country skiing, mm-hmm. skating. Uh, like I guess skateboards should be allowed, I don't, uh, but I don't think I think it should be be a, a zone where there's no powered vehicles. Mm-hmm. It's a very like nature zone almost. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's and, and it would cost like a fraction of the cost. Of- Definitely. Well, and I think a big problem with LRT was that, you know, they built the initial LRT and then they expanded it towards Nate, and then by the time they even had that fixed or solved, because I know there's a lot of times because I'm at Nate. I'd be yeah. sitting there at the lights, no trains going by for two minutes. And then you hear the ding, 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 ding. Yeah. So like, obviously they didn't have that figured out. And then they started building the South side expansion and that's gone. How many years and how many dollars over budget. And now it's not even open at this point still. And they're already planning for the West end one where it's like, well, you guys have haven't necessarily proven that you're able to build these LRT lines on budget, on time, and effective. Do you feel like that's a, like a valid perspective on it? Or? Exactly. And mm. if, if, if we're actually moving to this 15-minute neighborhood, why is it going to be the need to have this mass transit for, mm. to, to, to bring everybody into the city core to work? Like, we'll be working 
hopefully closer to our homes. Mm-hmm. And that's what the pandemic has shown that we're able to do that. Even if we only have to go in a few times a week, we're still able to do majority of our work from home, especially with applications like Zoom and Teams. They give us that ability to collaborate online virtually. Um, But to kind of go to the pandemic now, I know it's been brought up a few times, though. What do you think has been what's your perspective on how the government has handled the pandemic? Because I know there's a lot of contradicting things, especially with the conservative government at provincial level and then the federal government, uh, the liberal government at federal level. So I feel like there's a lot of contradictory news and perspectives on how it was handled. Right. Well, uh the city did uh, did the best it could, I think. Like mm-hmm. they were right on the case of try, trying trying to uh, have preventative measures in place. Definitely. But, uh, I don't know. Like I don't know where where our, our legislators' heads are at. Like right away when the pand- pandemic started, I knew that we should be like locking down, like serious locking down. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, and they just. There was too much of a pressure from the business communities. Hey, you know, we're going to go bankrupt, you know, and if people can't come and do and, and do business as usual. Mm-hmm. And, and to me, that was like, that was a symptom of, of this idea in our economy of, of having everything cut so mean and lean. And like every business, they're mortgaged up to the hilt and they're totally dependent on their cash flow. If this, the cash flow stops for a week, they're in trouble, mm-hmm. right? They have no... Uh, like capacity to to uh, to deal with any kind of of, of a, a problem in, in their mm-hmm. in their business and in, in, including a big problem like a pandemic like this mm-hmm. so they're all they're all in this this position of uh, uh, where they're just uh, like on a fine line of being able to stay in business like while they are in business they're making a good profit mm-hmm. but as soon but as soon as the business is gone ooh you know, like the how do I pay the rent? Now the, the now the landlord is going to evict me, and so forth and so on. So there's mm-hmm. this big pressure, uh, and we know like the, the the UCP is is a big uh, uh, cheerleader for business. So uh, they they had to listen to their base. You know, say, saying, "Oh yeah, unlock, unlock." You know, let's let's get everybody out there French kissing as much as they can. You know. Yeah. Uh, Build up that build up that herd immunity. Yeah, right. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, it's very tragic. It's, I should shouldn't be laughing because it's quite tragic. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a lot of people have lost their lives that didn't need to. Definitely, and yeah. You get to think about the people saying, "Oh, well, they're just old people anyway," you know, and they're just like a drain on the system. So that you know, like, like they were going to die anyway. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but th- there's lots of old people who are still valuable. Yeah, like yourself included. I, I think yeah. I made myself that. <laughs> yeah. One of the valuable things we have is we were around and saw stuff happen that you guys mm-hmm. haven't seen happen. Exactly. Like I yeah. actually saw a horse go down my alley pulling a wagon with the milk bottles in it. Oh, wow. What year was that? Uh, like uh, in the in the uh, mid fifties. Wow. I Gravia. For uh, uh, from when I just uh, was born until uh, I, I guess I took uh, finished grade two at McKernan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we had we had a just one horse pulling this sort of mm-hmm. square wagon, you know. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
Um, so like my parents have lived in Edmonton since I think about the eighties or something like that. And when I'm out with them throughout the city, they're always like, Oh, I remember when this used to be a field and oh, I remember this. I remember, Oh, when white mud didn't exist. And for somebody who's lived here since the fifties, how crazy has the change been of the city? Cause obviously even just the last 10 years for society itself, we didn't have phones 10 years ago. 20 years ago, the internet was barely a thing. But like in the 50s, like how much has Edmonton changed? And do you ever reflect on that yourself? Oh, well, the, the change is the change is huge. Like, like I, I told you, like I was in McKernan, like I went to McKernan for grade two. Then my dad bought a farmhouse on the very west side of Jasper Place. Like Jasper Place was wasn't part of it. Edmonton. It was a, it was a separate uh uh, municipality yeah and 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 my, my dad brought this big farm it was farmer love's house i liked it it was farmer love yeah and he, he had sold his farm to the developers to make meadowlark park and and my dad bought this big big old farmhouse and it was great because we had like a woods with a stream in it beside our house and we had this great big huge long uh like we like three acre yard i think you know mm -hmm. And it, it was, oh, it was, it was so nice, right? And and all to the west was farmland. Mm -hmm. And and uh, uh, while we were living there, they built the Medlock Park and the new school and everything like that. So mm -hmm. I, I, I was right on the edge. I could see that, like, the development of the suburb being built. But my window faced it east. My bedroom window on the second story faced east. So I looked across the city it was kind of high there you yeah. know so i could see like all the way to downtown and in downtown the tallest building downtown there was no building tall buildings except for downtown yeah yeah and the tallest building was there was this box the annex that they built on the, on the um uh the mcdonald hotel it's not there they demolished it but that mm. was the, that and then the next highest building i think was was the Tegler building, which was eight stories high. Wow. And, and, and all the other buildings were like, like four or, or, or less stories, you know? Like, yeah. And so I looked out my window and, and then, and as the years passed by, all of a sudden more and more buildings started coming up. Yeah. You know, it's, it was a picture out my window and, and like the first they started, you know, on uh, Jasper Avenue and, and uh, 124th street. Where, where Jasper Avenue ends, they started building high rises there, mm -hmm. and uh, like apartment buildings, like the first high rises were built there mm -hmm. uh, along the river valley, top of the top edge of the river valley. So I got to watch that, and then uh, the the next the, everything was downtown in those days. Like there was that was the only it, it, a place to go shopping really. Mm -hmm. well, I mean, you had your gross a few grocery stores and this and that, but all the main shopping, all the the big box stores were downtown mm -hmm. and then they built uh, Westmount mall and then they built Bonnie Dune mall. And so mm -hmm. then it started sort of spreading out, you know, and then the big deal was when they built West Edmonton mall, of course, but the, here's something that's, that's really tragic. Mm -hmm. Real is I think anyway, is, you know, where Grant McEwen college is at, and uh, uh, downtown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Downtown campus. And, and uh, all of your square shopping and all of that. Mm -hmm. Yes, that yeah, yeah. Train yards. Did you know that? I did not know that. 
I knew there was like a small tunnel. I think my dad used to call it the rat hole or something like That's that. The rat hole. Yeah, the yeah, rat yeah. hole went underneath the train yards. Oh, okay. But yeah. there was a train yards that went all the way from uh, like about 97th Street all the way down to about 120th Street. Yeah. And it was like a big rail yard, like maybe uh, 15 tracks wide, mm-hmm. you know, and, 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 uh, the C, it was the CN yards, and CN decided that they were going to just move all the yards up to the Yellowhead yard, which is now. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that's cool. just north of the old airport, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so what happened is we had, like, like do you know where the CN tower is? Yes. Yeah. Is downtown? Mm-hmm. That was the train station, okay? Oh, you can go to the CN okay. tower, you can get on the train, and you can go to Montreal. You can get on the train and go to Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But like we had like transcontinental transportation right to the center of our town. Just like not, that, yeah. But not only that, the train the train tracks went all the way. From, uh, there was a, a line that went from downtown up to Saint Albert, like all like you know, like the, uh, like now part of that is a sort of a bike trail and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we had like rail access all the way from 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 uh, well you know the clairview station yes yeah that's part of the, that's that's part of the old cn line oh okay so the line came all the way through there downtown along the 24 center angled up and it went out by the, sort of along the st albert trailer out to st albert oh so, so we had like rail transit line all the way to st albert all the way to clairview what did we do uh, we let the city didn't buy the property fr- from CN. They let CN just sent, sell it out to developers, and they built over top of the train tracks. They built all these like if the city had bought wow. it, the city if the city had bought it and and they could have said okay you can build but you have to leave the tracks in place. So we have our our we went we had transit all the way to Saint Albert, and now they spend billions of dollars to try to to to. To, to to build transit when we already had it that's and ridiculous it, it's isn't that ridiculous yeah that's ridiculous and, that they would and, do something like that yeah like like <laughs> things like that is this like i i don't believe it like i i wish that i had been in, more involved in politics back then i would have yelled and screamed and said come on you guys like mm-hmm. smarten up and i even feel that a little bit about the airport is like like what would we do if if there was like s- s- some real kind of uh, disaster and we needed to get supplies into our city. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do to fly them to the international and put them on trucks and drive them into the city? Whereas mm-hmm. we could just be flying them right into the core of our city, mm-hmm. that airport, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, no, it seems like a lot of things go backwards, three steps, then go forward one step. And I know my dad's been very yeah. vocal about that as well, too, at times. Yeah. Um, to kind of like go a bit more personal for you, though, when did you get into politics? Oh, I was born in politics. You were born into it. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, <laughs> my dad was Peter Lougheed's finance chairman. Oh no way! And my mom was the president of the uh, uh, Alberta uh, Progressive Conservative Women's Association. Oh no way! That's awesome. So so like uh, they were always having uh, like like. Uh, coffee parties with the candidate and stuff like that you know mm-hmm. and I'd, I'd be the the quiet kid and sitting in the corner listening to everything and not saying anything right yeah yeah 
And so, uh, you know, and, and I saw, you know, one of the things that, that sort of formed my politics was when uh, Peter Lougheed first uh, came to power, my dad came back from a, a, a policy convention or a convention at the BAM School of Fine Arts, and he was all excited. He said, oh, he said, we, ha we, had, uh, we had this American advertising firm up there, and they have these signs for us with this fluorescent orange and blue, and the this, this slogan, the team. He said, and uh, 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 and he's all excited about this. And then sure enough, sure enough, you know, like all the signs came out for the campaign, and they did look very sharp and everything, you know. Yeah. But but I, at the time, I thought something wrong here. Like democracy is not about getting a foreign company to come in with and with signs and and you win election. It's supposed to be like talking about the issues. So I'm still talking about that now. We should be yeah. talking about the issues. Yeah. And not having some like winning an election by having like like a good uh, pr guy mm -hmm. you know? yeah <laughs> yeah about what we're doing you know yeah no definitely well that, that's super interesting i have always been into politics um i think what's really important about you and your perspective on politics is regardless if you feel like you're not getting necessarily the votes to back you up or whatever it may be but i feel like what you're bringing to the table is something that I don't want to say ahead of its time, but the foundation of something that may turn into something bigger. And I feel like that to give you some more motivation, like you're very influential with your perspective on things. And I feel like that with you out there and campaigning and spreading the word and spreading the love that you want to spread, it will translate until two seeds that grow into other people's minds which will then blossom into the trees yeah. and the ideas that you have and I, I love that about you i know and that's why i'm so happy to be talking with you today because mm -hmm. like uh the young people are the hope for the future mm -hmm. and so if i if i've spent like a lot of my life trying to think deeply about the issues and, and i may have learned some things from that that deep reflection mm -hmm. if i can pass that on to younger people yeah, and I hope this podcast accomplishes your goals. Um, one final question. What advice would you give, since the younger generation is growing up and taking over eventually at some point, what advice would you give to the younger generation? Well, I think that, that, uh, that we should really put a lot of importance on doing exactly what you and I are doing right now. Mm -hmm. And that is just one-on-one -on -one or, uh, or maybe in small groups, mm -hmm. talk about what's happening, reflect on what's happening. Because we can't just always rely on on the inter internet, what we read on the internet. We can't we can't rely, rely on, on what's in books all the time. We have to actually just think for ourselves and try to figure out you know, we, we'll consult all those other things, but we also have to just say, like, what do we think? Like, what's really happening? Is the sky really blue or is it red? Yeah. Let's go with on our own. Like, someone else will be telling me. Yeah. You know, we need more more people to try to understand things on their own without without looking to somebody else. And also to pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I, I try to explain this to some of my friends, like, like they get mad and they say, oh, people are just stupid. That's the problem, right? 
and the thing is like intelligence is like a muscle like you could have a big muscle or a small muscle or anything in between right mm -hmm. but if if you have a small small muscle you can strengthen it by using it and as it's, it's the same 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 with with your with your your uh, your mind you can strengthen it by using it but mm -hmm. also uh, if you focus like if you really focus on 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 concentrating on something like a person who's who's got a lower IQ can understand something complex if they spend more time on it. So where are we putting our attention is really important. Like if our attention, you can have a genius, his attention's all over the place. He's never going to accomplish very much of anything. Definitely, yeah. And and then you can take take someone less than a genius like myself and I will like focus for a long time on something yeah. and I'll gain an understanding. So I try to... That's what I'd like to try to yell people. Uh, yell, <laughs> tell young people is like, you know, check out what you're focusing on. Mm -hmm. Like, like what what is your focus? Like, yeah, how, where are you putting you, your energy? Yeah, and and how do you expend your time? Like, what do you use your time for? Because that's the that's the most precious thing we have is our time. Mm -hmm. uh, that was inspirational. That was beautiful, actually. What you just said there. Um, I think that's the perfect thing to end this podcast on. So I think, awesome, man. This has been a lot of fun. I appreciate this. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt, for getting me on the show. No worries. Thank I, you very much. I, say, I look Have forward to seeing day. you again. Okay. All right. Adios, man. Adios. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Mr. Brian Breezy Gregg. Like I said, this dude was the most loving individual I've ever met in my life. Um, his ideas were very futuristic and I love a person who could think in the future. Um, once again, thanks Mr. Brian Breezy Greg for coming on to this podcast. I had a blast with you guys with him. Sorry. And on another note, some housekeeping things with regards to the podcast, stay tuned. You guys will be releasing some new episodes in the upcoming weeks. I got a list of guests lined up that I'm sure you guys will love. Um, so once again, thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, and I hope that you hear my voice soon enough. Peace and love.